Hello and welcome back to the One Percenters Supercoach Podcast for episode two. We've put the community series behind us. More selection headaches and mid-price madness to contend with. Pretty standard for the pre-season. How are you feeling, Todd? Um, yeah, I'm feeling very good for a Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> not sure not sure what you had for dinner, Will, but um, from oh, all, tuna pasta, man. <laughs> words is pretty grim. Oh, I suck. Tuna pasta. <laughs> Nothing worse. But, um, yeah, um, other than that, yeah, the community series, it was good to watch some footy for once. And um, oh, just to mention last night, if you haven't already got on board, oh. right now is the time. I think I put up a poll, the took train. It's going to Mars, and um, <laughs> currently we have 78% of the community on it after our poll, and um, if you're not on that, you're silly not to get onto it. No but, seats um, left soon on the two train. <laughs> All aboard the two train, I reckon. Yeah, tickets are running out fast. So, um, oh, it was a majestic yeah. performance from Took, 140-something. Oh, two goals. He just looked absolutely sensational. Now, we've got our Supercoach group up and running. Uh, the code to join that is 654212. Get involved, track your progress, uh, and you rank against the rest of the one percenters community. I think what we might do after round ten, midway through the season, is get the leader overall uh, to jump on the podcast. What do you reckon? Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Maybe not the um, leader, because I think they'll probably be um, the uh, Todd's Footy Champs. But um, <laughs> we might get second place to jump on for our, um, a segment, and uh, yeah, it'll be really exciting. So yeah. yeah. What, no, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds really good. I reckon we'll definitely get that going. Uh, today, if we're just going to turn our attention to what we'll address today, what we're going to do is focus on Primo Rucks, who we're selecting, do a bit of analysis there, and then get the fortune teller back. Now, made a appalling start <laughs> last week. Some horrific reviews trickling through. Been a bit nice to him there, Harrow. Yeah, oh, I think that is generous, to be honest. He has been invited back. Could be his last appearance. I haven't heard what he's got to say. He's on I, a very expensive uh, contract he's as well. On, yeah, he's bankrupt. He's on us. a bit of a trelaw at the Pies contract. He's, yeah, I'm nervous for what he's got to say, but we'll give him one more crack. Uh, after he's finished with his garbage, we are <laughs> going to turn our attention to forwards. Now, that is a juicy line. If I've ever seen one, oh, there's just no one really <laughs> jumping out at us at all. Uh Lots of, yeah. lots of, I don't know, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> the fortune tellers distracting <laughs> us at the moment. Anyway, lots of sub 500k options to consider, and we're going to chat with someone very, very close to the show, an ex-founder, the original founder of the podcast, James Briggs. We'll be having a chat with him, so very excited to have a chat to Briggsy. Yeah, very excited indeed. Okay, Todd, the Ruck Division, your man, Maximus Gorn, locked in? Currently, Max Gorn. He's locked into the team. He's been in my team the last four or five years. Uh, scoring history speaks for itself. Just goes back, takes those intercepts in the G. You just see the man and everyone yells out, Gorney, and bang. <laughs> intercept mark. That's eight super cones. Say that again. Super coach points. Thank you very much. <laughs> eight super cones, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Or oh, maybe for Gordy back in the day. But um, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Just a just a quiet one thirty two against the Blues, and if you go back and look at the JLT CBA, he had twenty ruck contests compared to Jackson's twelve. So that's been a massive question mark over Gorney pre over preseason. Is will Jackson overtake him in the ruck ranks as a Melbourne supporter? I think that's a little bit unlikely. Maybe Jackson gets a little bit more, 
But Gorney's our main man. He always has been. And even when Gorney gets pushed out of a ruck, he's still influential. I see him floating around the back line, as I mentioned earlier, and pushing forward. I feel like he'll kick a few more goals this year. So, um, yeah, I think also in the practice match, 49 ruck contests attended by Gorn, 23 by Jackson. So I think Gorn is clearly still the number one ruck there. Yes, he might float forward, float back a bit more, but I'm not concerned by that. I think he's still definitely going to be very, very hard to resist and, yeah, locked into my side at, at R1 for the moment. Yeah, I also just – I had a quick shower for um, just previously and – um. I was just thinking, if it's if it's a Saturday morning, you're waking up, bit of a drizzle in the morning, clears up during the day, hits about seven at the G, tacky conditions. Gorney has said this is his favourite time to play. And you've got to put the BC or the C on him. You look down, he's not in your team. Jeez, what are you doing? The Ds are playing GWS. He's up against Perusi. Gorn goes bang, 180. Oh, damn, don't have him. <laughs> That just ruins your Saturday night early. So um, that's, that's true, another is, that's another factor. He's it is true. It, I don't not f- picking him could yeah. could influence your super coach team, but it could also impact your social life as well. Yeah, so I don't really want to think about you in the shower, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> it is true that he's definitely a great captaincy option each week. Can go massive. Um, so he's definitely a weapon in that sense as well. The man that has often been R two alongside Gorn over the last few years, set and forget. Gaundy, Grundy, do we pick him again this year? A lot of people were off him last year. I think he's going to bounce back this year. Pulled out 117 in the practice match. It was uh, 44% hitouts to advantage as well, which is very promising. I think he's going to average 115. Uh, he's my R2 at the moment. Yeah, that's interesting. I He had a pretty dismal season last year, by all accounts, and averaged 115. So... By all reports, he's having a massive preseason. He's looking fired up and ready to go. He looked somewhat not interested at times last year, so I reckon he's in for a massive year. And I, I'm putting, I'm saying it now, he can get back to that 125 plus average. And for me personally, I'm locking him away, giving the keys to danger on his way to his equestrian <laughs> final. So, so yeah, oh. he's he's there and he's staying, and that's that's all I can say. Oh, I don't know anything else from that, to be honest. Uh, no, nothing else for, for for Grundy. Him and Gorn are one, are two, set and forget for me. Um, I just don't want to have to stress. It does concern me slightly that I don't have much ruck cover. We will get into this in a second. Uh, I've got Sam Hayes on my bench. We won't chat rookies today, but if he goes down, I do have Jack Hayes in the forward line, so he's my cover. Um, I would like someone like a Proust. I just can't afford him or justify him, but we'll get to him in a second. The next man I want to speak about has had more niggles than any other man that's ever played the game. His name's Sean Darcy. Hold on. Hold on. He's an absolute beast. He has enormous scoring potential. He dominated last year. Hold on. But if you Google Sean Darcy injury, there are about 15 pages, all with different links. He's just too scary for me. Oh, he's a little bit scary. Um, Hold on. Over preseason, he did get into a relationship. Oh, really? Yep. Finally got into a relationship, and Who? he actually got down on one knee and engaged. Who? With the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was expecting like the physio or the doctor, the dugout. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he visited the dugout <laughs> in, the, field, in the practice match. He's points. always down there. He loves it. Hold on. And he oh. scores points as well. So it is a... Hold on. I don't know if it's, a relationship is that it's, toxic It's actually yet. toxic. It is toxic. It, no, it's already is it toxic. Affecting, know, it's is affecting it, his performance. I don't, I don't know. know. He pulled out his... The thing is, he still played 20-plus games last year, even banged up. So he can play out through injuries and can clearly go big. But Yeah, that's... Yeah, he had the Achilles tightness preseason. He's currently only in 14% of teams. I thought it would be a bit higher than that. Um, he scored 95 against West Coast, was in first gear. I wouldn't be – if you do want to pick him, I wouldn't be concerned with that score. Um, but, yeah, just the, the durability injury concern does – yeah, just pushes him out of my side for the moment. Yeah, I'm almost thinking, Harrow, just go in, take on the team and <laughs> chat, chat, chat up Sean Darcy. Get him to cheat on the dugout. Because <laughs> at the moment, oh. while he's with the dugout, I'm just not going Sean Darcy. Yeah, he's no, just, he's... yeah, half man, half giant, yeah. half dugout. <laughs> Hold on. I just can't oh. go to you. Oh, he's just enough. too many niggles. Yeah, too. Yeah. At the moment, too his Achilles is, yeah. I don't even know what's happening with yeah, his Achilles. I don't know. Probably too, yeah. But anyway, anyway let's, not, let's not get into that's it. That's enough dribble. The next man, Nick Nat. So... I know you're not very keen on him. I'm not actually super keen on him either, but for a different reason to you. Eagles midfield completely decimated at the moment. Saw a tweet from Fantasy Bottle Freak. Mm. Don't know. We'll give them a proper shout-out in later episodes because they've been coming out with some great stats. But 18% hit to advantage. Their midfield is completely decimated. They've got no one. He has no one to hit it to. I just, yeah, I, he's not for me. He did have a great season last year and bounced back, but historically hadn't averaged like that for a while uh, and won't be in my team. Yeah, personally for me, rocks they have to be durable. <laughs> Harrow's just off my CC there, but um, anyway, we move on. Orange juice, mate. <laughs> anyway, rocks they have to be durable. And um, last year was his first full, full year since 2010. And I know personally when... We've been lucky with Gorn and um, Grundy that they play most of the year. And personally, I know when Gorn or Grundy miss a week, it's just, yeah, it's hectic. And yeah, it's not fun. It's so, hard to cover. You often yeah. don't have that after threes, usually a donut. So if Nick Nat just has a niggle here and there, like he usually does, it just costs you severely. So um, Yeah, I agree. And I think last year didn't play much time on ground either. Still, because he's because of his ability to score points so quickly and his high points per minute would still score exceptionally well, but not for me this year. Uh, Proust has found or had found his way into a number of teams, has been suspended for round one. That will push him out of the majority of teams. Can you make any case for picking him or not? Um, Proust, he's, he's big. He's big. He scored 102 in the preseason match. He's a big unit. He's just a little bit uncoordinated, a bit clumsy for a Ruckman. If he plays, I'm also not sure if he locks down that R1 at the moment. It's a bit of uncertainty. Yeah. There's him. Matt Flynn did have Matt Flynn. 60% hit outs to advantage. Proust had 50%. Still excellent stats. But I don't think he's got that R1 lockdown. And we know Leon can pull up yeah, his Yeah, the Leon factor. He yeah. does like to rest and... Give his rucks a rest. Uh, it happened last year with Mumford and yeah. Flynn. So yeah, no I me. can see Bruce. I can't really see him playing more than 15 games of the year. You just need him to play the first 
five, six, seven, eight games. But then, even then, if he misses, it's hard to cover him, and it can, yeah, yeah, no, not not for me. He can be behind the eight ball. Agree. Uh, I'll just touch on this man really quickly. Jared Witts. Uh, it's a bit scary for me. He did average ninety nine in twenty nineteen. I know that given he's about three hundred eighty k, a few people are looking at him as a cash cow. I'm not sure. I'm not confident he will generate you that 150k. Uh, he did have to average. You have to average 105, 105-ish. He yeah, has done so. Yeah, so you'd be looking at him for a keeper, and then yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, I guess my predictions, if we're going to hold ourselves accountable for top two rucks, are Gorn and Grundy. Very standard. Are you you the same? Yeah, I reckon I'm going Gorn and Grundy. I think for the fourth year running. Yeah, but if you yeah, if you do go. <laughs> If you do have a testicular fortitude to go Sean Darcy, then by all means go him. But yep. for me, he's just too many niggles here and there. And yeah, yeah. Well, we've gone there. We've backed our rucks in. Gone and Grundy. A little bit boring. Boring, but, but has standard worked. has worked. Tried and tested. I'm nervous for this next segment. The fortune tellers just tuned in. Apparently it's ruck related. I'm not sure whether or not I should let this man come back on the podcast. <laughs> if, the, if the pod's already going bad, but it's, let's, gonna, yeah, it's, just it's got to go bad downhill, to downhill from here. Wheels might fall off, but here he is. Let's tune in to what he's hopefully got to he say. Hopefully he works himself. Here he is. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another segment of Frenchie's Fortune Telling. Now... I've thought about this one long and hard, and my next fortune tell for the One Percenters community is, and look, some people are going to be like, again, who the hell is this bloke? He's talking absolute garbage. Well, no, I'm not. The one for you now is to do with the rucks, and I will not be starting Max Gorn or Brody Grundy in my side this year to start the season off. I'm leaving it up to the great man, Sean Darcy and Braden Perouse. Now, Braden Perouse out round one, that's okay. Got Hayes, is just, I'm just gonna cop Hayes' score. And I think Sean Darcy is gonna be the one that breaks the little love relationship between Grundy and Max Gorn this year. I think Maxie Gorn might finish in the top two, but Grundy is absolutely no chance. He has no chance of finishing top two in the ruck this year. Darcy is going to grab that spot like no tomorrow. So Bruce, to just make some absolute cash to get myself up to Gorn, but I am not starting those two this year, and especially not Grundy. That guy is done. He is Dunsky. So there you go, guys. You've heard here first. There's another one of Frenchie's Fortune Towers. Boy, oh boy, please, oh. the viewers. This is, I'm being serious here. If you're in East Melbourne, do not drink the water, please, because <laughs> I don't know what's happened to our dear oh. friend, the fortune teller. There's something weird going sure. up at East Melbourne, but... um, oh, yeah, Not geez. only is Sean Darcy... <laughs> not Sean, Sean Darcy. Is he, is he playing in the AFL? I don't, I've never heard of Sean Darcy in my life, to be honest, <laughs> but he's R1 for... Nick's Nectarines, the fortune teller. Uh, he's got Prusy in an R2. Bloke's not playing round one. That's <laughs> still going to make serious cash. Darcy's going to just seriously grab hold of the top two ruck position. I think he'll be grabbing hold of the dugout <laughs> more, to be honest. 
But uh, yeah, look, sorry about that segment to anyone that's just Jeez. had to never going to get that 90 seconds of your life back. Uh, yeah, I'll let's tell just you what, let's I'd, move on. We might have to finish right here. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just move on. Not sure how we're going to recover from here, Harry, but I guess we have to move on and give our viewers what they want to hear. And let's talk about the forwards. What do you have to say about this? Yeah, we'll, we'll tidy it up here. The podcast got off to a little bit of a loose start there and quickly derailed after the fortune teller got on and, and just started spilling some disgusting filth, really. It was just terrible. But anyway, forwards. Uh, I think we start off with the 500K plus forwards there's only three of them i think three uh for ones that are relevant with i've identified yeah. only about three of them the rest are who yeah. knows what's happening so with them, but um dunkley in at 56 percent of teams 2020 averaged 127.9 from round seven onwards playing in the guts and then carried that form into the start of last year averaged 129 129 in the first six rounds of last year we're all aware of what happened after that injured the shoulder and it sort of derailed from there. Do you think he's going to get back to his best this year? Um, from all accounts and watching a bit of the preseason games, he's he seems to lock have locked down that uh, spot in the engine room. Yeah. And that has when he has done that, he's gone massive and he's got a massive ceiling. It's just when he's had those injuries, he's come back and Bevo's sort of done Bevo things and played yeah. in. Yeah, we know that he played pocket. Forward. Yeah, maybe it was to get him a bit of confidence. Put him in the rocket stage. Yeah, it was really yuck. But he looks like he does have that spot locked in in the midfield again. I think the one thing with Dunkley, if you're not selecting him, he's probably one of the only forwards that has potential to completely ruin your season. If you don't have him and he goes on and averages 115, 120, spirals up to 650K, you can't get him in your team. That can just really ruin your season before it gets started. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if he comes out and does what he did last year and goes a 129 average over the first six rounds, you're not really going to be able to get him into your side when he goes 600k plus. And I feel like if he gets going that doggy's midfield and they all start pumping and handballing to each other, as they usually do, then that's a massive chance. So for me, I've got him in my team at the moment. I feel like if he has a clean season, he can easily go 110 if not that 120 plus. Yeah. I feel which, like the yeah. worst case scenario as well, yeah, you cop the 550K, he averages 95 to 100. Not the worst scenario. So locked into my side at R1. The next man is exceptionally tempting. Mitch Duncan is his name. He's only in 13% of teams. Now, he's. we know that he's been battling a calf niggle, but I just want to throw a few stats at you. He's battled niggles in the last two pre-seasons. So in 2020, he had hip surgery. Uh, he was touch and go for round one, didn't play any of the practice matches. First four rounds, he pulled out 120, 114, 123, and 120. And in the 2021 pre-season, did, did a calf twice. I'm not sure if it was the same calf or uh, the, the other calf, but had a calf injury twice, missed pre-season games, played in round three. That was his first game. And then between round three and around 10, averaged 119. So it can definitely start strong. Yeah, so uh, if you take out his injured, affected games in 2021 and 2020, he's averaged around about the 110 mark. So by yeah. all accounts, that's what I'm looking for him to um, average. I can see him doing that. He's got that really super coach friendly, friendly role 
when he um, just floats around, receives handballs. I just love to have it in his hands. If you're long I feel like a lot of coaches are avoiding him because of the injury concern. Yes, he's getting a little bit older now, but oh, I just feel like he's still a very good option. If he's named round one, I he's not in my side at the moment, but I think he would be a great selection. And at 13% ownership, almost a pod. Yeah, I don't know about that. He's still very young, turning 31 this year. He fits quite nicely in the nursing <laughs> home. And um, you can definitely say the three-headed dragon with uh, the tomahawk cameron and rowan it's pretty pretty maybe three-headed dragon i think yeah he's uh yeah can they can count on him duncan to serve up some delicious stuff in that nursery home kitchen so (laughs) yeah he'll be he'll be feeding him all year he's got a beautiful right boot and he just needs to stay in the park and i can see him easily going 105 plus he's got that in him yeah yeah he's quite I feel like he's a safe selection with respect to scoring as well. I think he's pretty consistent uh, scorer. Saying that, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. I think he's a good selection. Dusty Martin is someone I definitely will not be starting. Has averaged 103, 100, 192 over the past four years. Unlike Dunkley, I don't think that he's someone that will really hurt you and have a massive price rise. Having said that, he did score 158 in round one last year, but a couple of quick stats. For the past two years, in the first seven rounds of 2020, averaged 93. And in the first seven rounds of 2019, the year before that, averaged 90.8. Last year, averaged 92, even with 150 and 128 in the first two rounds over that first seven-ish weeks. So he's in 33% of teams. That's overs for me. I'm not a fan. Yeah, just to add to that, I've looked back and those past four years, he started at around about 550K and even back in 2019, he started at 650K. Even when he started at 650K, he did end up dipping below 500K before round 10. So even I feel like even if he does go out and score 400 against the Blues, you could still get him for under that 500K mark before round 10 because he usually does drop off. And this year he's starting at that lower price at I think he's just over five hundred yeah. 502K. I feel like you could pick him up for 450. He does go missing early in the season, and he usually turns it on a bit more after the buy. So I, for me, it's more an upgrade target than a starter. Tim Tirano is another man that a lot of coaches would be considering. He's a no for me purely just because it's pretty much confirmed he will be playing more forward for the first six weeks while... Um, Toby Green's out. We know that he can still hit the scoreboard. That was evident in the preseason game where he kicked two and had, I think, 31 disposals. Uh, so we know he's damaging. He's a gun, but not for me. Yeah, he's not quite for me either. Tim himself said he'll be playing at least 80 to 90% game time up forward in the first five rounds, and that's depending on the fitness of everyone else. So that doesn't look great just from looking at that. And yeah, so for me, as a midfielder, he can average 100 to 105, but then you chuck in that forward role and it's just not looking great. I would say more as a more as a target to upgrade to after he gets injected into the midfield. And I am pretty confident he can push that average up. You just have to search up in Google, Tim Taranto Trim. And oh my, I thought... <laughs> Took was fit. Taranto is next in line, but you got to you got to wait those first five weeks. It'll, 
there's yeah. not much going to be happening while he's forward. Maybe he does have a few good games here and there. But... Well, he had 31 and two goals on the weekend and still, I think, only put out 108 Supercoach points. So we love you, Tim, but we'll not be starting you uh, for round one, maybe picking you up later in the season. Next people we're going to venture into, uh, dipping below that 500K mark, Adam Trelaw is the first one. He's in 17% of teams. That's actually a little bit more than I thought would be the case. Played very, very well. I think he had an 80-something point second half in that preseason game against the Lions. Attended a lot more centre bounces, which was promising, 17 um, against Sprizzy. 480-ish K, but in the aftermath of that game was scanned for a pre-existing shoulder complaint. Um, which is a little bit scary. So I don't know. He's historically scored very, very well, but we know the Bebo factor is is really scary. Played a lot on the wing last year, even with that 129 in the preseason, just a watch for me. Yeah, it's similar for me as well, Harrow. He has had an interrupted preseason as well. He's Yeah, he hasn't quite had a clean run at the past few seasons. He, I'm pretty sure three of the last four, he's played half a season basically. And for me... A promising sign, Bevo has said that uh, I think Bont will be going a bit more forward this year, which may free up a bit more midfield time for Trelaw. So I feel like at the moment it'll be Trelaw, Dunkley, McRae and Bont with Bont playing a bit more forward, which may help Trelaw out. But I don't know, he is 480k mark. And for me, it's just too many injuries in the yeah. past few season, those soft tissues, they keep coming back. And yeah, the, the double hammy, remember that? Yeah, the double hammy. Tore both is, hammies at the same time. That is... That's stiff. That is something special, but... Yeah, I thought it was a cramp as well after the game. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just not, it's not well when you're doing both hammies. Yeah. So, yeah. Not for me. I feel like if you do get him, he could be a future Mincent of the yeah. week. Oh, so, geez, don't put the moz on him. But, yes, we don't... Hopefully, we don't have too many of our players in the Minson Club. Um, this man, I'm hoping, isn't in the Minson Club. He is in my team at the moment. He, I'm not sure. I know that he's absolutely locked into a lot of teams, and I can understand why. His name is... Yeah, indeed, Zach Butters, student at South Elementary during the day, <laughs> AFL player by night. Yes. He has been the hype of the preseason, more midfield minutes, He's looking good. Oh, my. He's in 39% of teams. That's Everyone's getting on board. The Butters, I feel like he's, uh, I don't know, you could say he's the Took Miller of the forward line for the 1%. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. That's too far. That's disrespecting <laughs> that's our bit, man. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, sorry about that. 39% yeah, of talk. teams. Um, is he in your team? Currently, he's in my team. I feel like he's just going to get a lot more midfield time. Port are going to be winning a lot of games this year. And if Port win, Butters is just getting that ball forward of centre and just yeah. doing his thing and going absolutely berserk. He did have 160 in the inter club, which was massive. He's clearly got a big ceiling. 113 in the preseason game. Ken Hinckley's obviously a big fan as well. Yeah, just a bit of a um, bit of a negative is he's... He can stink it up at times yeah. in his past few seasons. But that's when he's been playing that forward role. So he has relied a little bit on goals in the past, but hopefully with more midfield minutes. I think he had, uh, on the weekend, he had 15 centre bounce appearances and that was only two behind Bo, who had 17, and I think it was eight behind Wines, who had 23. So he seems to be the third in yeah. line off that. But, yeah, I am, I am sketching in Butters for a big year. 
He is one of my favorite players, and hopefully he uh, gets his cape on and we get some super butters. <laughs> well, if you're getting super butters, I think that oh, this next man is – oh, he's been in and out of my team. Butters is in there at the moment, but he could easily be replaced by Isaac Heaney. Now, has burnt, burnt me last year, but I'm willing to take the punt on him again. People seem to doubt his ability to score, which befuddles me. Between 2017 and 2020 – Average of 97 in 2017 and 18, and then an average of 94 again in 2018 and 2019. Did have that dip last year in 2021 where he averaged 83, but lots of injury-affected games. So broke his hand in round four when he scored 44. You see that, you don't really read into the full story, but playing with a broken hand, score of 44, then first game back wearing that glove, he looked really sore. Round seven, broke his thumb against the Cats. I was actually at that game up at the SCG when we got done after a 25-metre kick was ruled not 15. But that's a story <laughs> for another day. Man. So that was he scored 19 that game. He's running around with a broken thumb. You can just completely forget that. Missed round eight with an ankle injury. So clearly he has been plagued by injury in the past. But Tom Harley said that he's had a pretty flawless preseason. We know that he's probably managing that ankle complaint Um but attended 54% of the centre bounces against the Saints, which was enormously promising in the intra-pracky sort of, not intra, but practice match. And then in the practice match against North, it was a slightly different story. So I think he only attended six centre bounces and Papley out scares me a little bit. I don't know if that means that he will play forward more. Fingers crossed he does still have that more heavily midfield-oriented role. But, oh, he's just, yeah, very, very tempting for me. Yeah, he's had a really rough run the last few seasons and still managed to score somewhat well. Well, that's, he's playing those averages of yeah, 97. Remember, he's he, playing in forward line. He had glandular fever one time. Yeah. He was pumping out yeah. 95 average. So he's he's got a lot of potential. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a clean run on it. He plays, gets that midfield time. He could, he could bump up that average to that 110 yeah. range. He's yeah. got that in him, but... At the moment, Papley misses the start of the season. It's going to hurt a lot. The Swans are going to need someone to kick to. Buddy, I think he's in Portugal at the moment. Who knows? He's probably in watching the basketball or whatever. He's, or maybe he's a fishing trip. I don't know. Who knows what Buddy's doing? Buddy just doesn't rock up this time of year. He's a bit later in the year. So I just think, yeah, also points per minute, 1.28 against North. He was ranked six out of all forwards. Did only play 72% game time as well. Had the 17 disposals, kicked four goals. Now, clearly his score is inflated by that four goals. He's not going to be kicking four every week. It's so hard to know. If he has that midfield role, he's a lock, but we just don't know. So there's a bit of guesswork involved there. 23% of teams, not in mind at the moment, but could very, very, very easily line up in Harrow Sparrow's forward line. Next man up is Dugowie. Now, this is a man that rewarded you very handsomely last year. Yeah, he was uh, very good last year. Got him at a cheap price and he... Ended up doing very well. I think he averaged 110 over his last nine games when he moved into the midfield. That's a massive score. And for me, he was looking good. Since then, he's done everything to get himself out of my side. He's been locked in <laughs> since the middle of last year. And he's been yeah, locked up too as well. Yeah, he's been locked up season. too. So um, he's done a lot of um, a lot of things wrong since then. The rib injury didn't help. Looked very sloppy on the weekend, I must say. 17 and a goal. He still did have 15 centre bounce appearances. That was one less than Crips. Crisp, I think. 
Crisp. Crips plays for the Blues. <laughs> My bad, but bloody hell, Crips was good. He might no. get a mention in a later podcast. Mid-price madness will be, uh, will be out later him. in the week. But anyway, 15 centre bounce appearances, one less than Crips. I feel like he's going to get that midfield time. Who else do the Pies have? they got Crisp. Taylor, Taylor Adams. Taylor Adams. Yeah. Then, I don't know. Dacos, maybe. Yeah, Lipinski. Lipinski said it's going to be right from round one. So, look. But yeah, there's not a lot going on in that midfield. And I feel like if Dugowie gets his body right, he wasn't meant to really be back by the yeah. um, pre-seat. The, um, Craig, yeah, Craig McRae did say post-match that they were looking to manage his game time, but that he ended up playing most of the game, which is promising. He did look like he was in first gear. I'm not sure. I'm really 50-50. He's someone that has massive scoring potential. We know in the back half of last year, playing predominantly in the guts. Uh, and so he looked really, really strong there. If he has that role where he's mid-dominant, he's almost a lock, but we just don't know. I'm probably going to watch for now. Kim, Butters, and Heaney, they're all... Oh, yeah. It's a close call for me. Butters is probably leading that pack, but Dugowie might be someone to look to pick up um, later in the season. Yeah, at the moment, I've got Dugowie locked in. He's managed to stay there locked in Jeez. yeah locked in like, nine percent of teams that's he has tried his hardest to get out of my oh but i feel like by round one the first bounce that competitive edge will be back and he'll have that fire back and yeah he'll be good to go anyway this next person there's been a lot of talk about him but i don't i don't understand the hype he does have a bit of potential and that is none other none other than tyron thomas is that how you say it Tyron. That's Taron. Taron. Completely different name. Yeah. Who, what, of, what do I know? He plays viewers out there would have picked up that Todd speaks English like it's his second language, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, not Tyron Thomas. Taron Thomas. Uh, yeah, I'm not hugely. Yeah, I've just him. I've just got it marked down. He plays for North, and it's a no for me. Yeah. So. Seventy in the Pracky. I think he'll be a superstar in the future. Maybe a few years away. Yeah, just the upside's not there like it is for Haney, Dugowie, Butters, for me, um, similar price, a little bit cheaper. But, yeah, no no from me. The next man that I wanted to quickly touch on was the big beanpole, Tim English. Uh, now, volatile scorer, uh, five scores below 70. I think it was in that 2020 season, then pulled out 202. I mean, he's just <laughs> clunking everything. Clunking everything, jeez. Um, yeah, so look, really volatile scoring. Had six sub-70 scores last year, including an average of 88. Uh, he had eight sub-70 scores if you include the finals um, and only six scores of 100-plus. Having said that, did look very good in the practice match, 20-plus disposals, scored 115. Not sure how the ruck setup is going to look with Steph Martin still there and still playing. Looks like English will take the majority of centre bounces. He could prove me wrong. I just, yeah, I'm just not convinced for the moment. Has upside, but scoring volatility is just a bit scary for me at the moment. Yeah, for me, all I know is um, English, if you're having Dunkley rock ahead of you, I don't even know how tall Dunkley is, but I reckon I'd back myself against English in the rock contest. And <laughs> yes, considering that, I just, he just, does, he needs those hit outs and he just can't get them. So he relies on a big marking game and, that's just always going to bring about inconsistent scores. And, yeah, so unless he's clunking and left, right and centre, he's just not going to score well. So I can't see him. What's he priced at the moment? He's, I think he's oh, 400 and... I yeah, actually don't know. Four, I 
Pretty high, high 400s. Yeah, high 400s. So for him to be value, he'd have to average that 105, 110 range, unless you want him to be a keeper. And for me, he just doesn't have that doesn't have that consistency to do that. So for me, yeah, it's just just a no. Zach Bailey. Zach Bailey, he's a smooth mover. Potential to break out this year. You, there's been a lot of hype around him as well. He's been playing well in the preseason. There is a lot of demand for Brizzy mid-spots. I think Fagan's mentioned a quite a few new names, Rayner, him, Barry, and they're also competing with the veterans in Lions and Neil. So there's yeah. a lot I, of demand. I think based on the centre bounce attendances in the preseason games, it does look like Lions is the, the biggest loser of the offseason. He looks like he's going to be playing uh, more forward on the wing. I'm sure that Bailey will get more midfield opportunity, and that was uh, reflected in the preseason as well, but just not enough for me. I, look, I think he's a star. I think he'll be a very good player in the future. He already is. But again, don't think that he's got the scoring upside like a Degoe, like a Heaney, like a Butters. Um, so he won't be in my I side. I feel like that floor is too low. He, if he doesn't kick any goals and he has a low centre bounce appearance game, it's he could pull out a 50. But then saying that, he could kick three, four goals, have 30 and score 151 weeks. So, yeah, it's a bit up and down for me. I just can't see him breaking that 100 this season. Yep. All right. We know that we like to keep ourselves accountable. So let's do a top six for the forwards. I'll kick it off. I think Dunkley's going to bounce back and have a massive season as long as Bevo keeps him where he belongs in the guts. He's number one for me. Uh, number two, Mitch Duncan, just a freak, great user of the ball. If he's fit and plays 20-plus games, he's number two for me. Isaac Heaney, backing him to bounce back. He's a star, one of my favourite players. I think he's going to average between 105 and 110. Butters in four, Degoe five, and Dusty rounding out that top six as a likely upgrade target later in the season. Yeah, so mine's somewhat similar. I've got Dunkley and Duncan at one and two. Then I've got Butters at number three. He's in for a big year. I've got Degoe at four. I'm backing my man in. Then I got Taranto at five, which I think he missed. And then I got Haney rounding out that top six. Not, um, not keen on Dusty in the top six. Dusty, he was touch and go, but I just he's I think he's turning 31 this year. Or 32, I think 31. And I, he, maybe he pushes that hundred average again. It's just he's had, yeah, an interrupted preseason, that massive injury to his kidney, was it, last year? Yeah, he, he did look fit, though. He did look fit. It's just he doesn't tackle. That's his issue. And yeah. He can have 30 to... touches and still not crack that 100 markers. He'll have zero tackles, which is it just makes it tough to score super coach yeah. points. That is very true. Okay, we've got a very, very special guest joining us here. The founder of the One Percenters, the great man, James Briggs. How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, good to be here, gents. Um, just... Kenny back on the podcast, you know, it's uh, getting very close to the start of the season, starting to get uh, very excited about all that's coming up in, in the land of Supercoach. I believe we're uh, covering forwards at the moment, so um, yes, yeah, pretty tricky line as it usually is, but um, yeah, obviously, obviously, you needed my opinion to, to help uh, oh. our listeners decide. Um, who the best options are. So happy to share my thoughts. Uh, just uh, remember that we do edit this podcast, mate. So uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I know we have been struggling so far. No, so we... it'll be good to get Briggsy on to um, help steer the ship a little yes, bit and can... bring us back on track with our forwards. Definitely uh, realign the ship. Forwards, let's talk about them. We've gone through them, but I'd love to get your thoughts on a few of the big guns. Have you got anyone that you're particularly keen on? Well, 
I'd say, um, look, I wasn't too keen on this point when Supercoach opened, just just given that um, obviously his role changed a little bit last season when he came back from injury. But Josh Dunkley, I can just see starting like a house on fire like he did last season. Um, he's locked into my side, hasn't moved for a few weeks now, obviously paying up a bit more for him. But um, honestly, I, I think if he plays the full season and obviously there's a lot of ifs with, with any Bulldogs players, given um, their vote. I'll, I'll make <laughs> Luke uh, changing the magnets around. But uh, yeah, I think Josh Dunkley, he, he'll be um, far and away the number one forward this year if he if he can get through the full 22 games, uh, which is always a concern with him. But uh, yeah, yeah, he even provides a, a VC option, I feel. So um, yeah. he's locked into my team and, and um, well and truly number one for me. Yeah, um, yeah, Briggsy, if you can um bring out your inner Frenchie's fortune teller, what do you um what are your predictions in um average wise for Dunkley? Would you say for this season? What are you looking for? You know what, Toddy, I, I was thinking about this before actually. I, I don't. I only think Dunkley's not only a top forward. I honestly think, and and obviously a top six forward for that matter. I think he could be a top six midfielder the way he is. Jeez, that's a big call, but I can see it happening. Yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a Frenchie fortune teller. It's it's a bit out there. Um, like his word prediction last week. Looking forward to hearing this week's prediction. Jeez. But um, yeah, honestly, see him going one fifteen plus, um, and, and potentially pushing that one twenty mark. He he dominates. Um, he just needs obviously the centre bounce tendencies and. Um, he got all of that at the start of last season and, and they got off to a really good start from memory. So I don't see why Beveridge wouldn't go back to it. Yeah. Um, obviously, when he came back from injury last year, he probably wasn't 100% there and that's why he didn't get those midfield minutes. But um, lock him in and throw away the key. I think Harry been floating with not starting him. So, mate, just... No, he's locked, locked in for yeah. me now, Briggs. Uh, yeah. But if you do want to solve one of my other problems that's been giving me night sweats... Um, Isaac Heaney, Zach Butters, Jordan Degoe, pick one and explain why. All right, well. I'm very keen on Heaney, very, very keen. I think I've got three yeah. side at certain stages during the preseason. I'm down to one. His name is Zach Butters. Oh. I didn't start with him last year. Um, I know a few teams did and, and were rewarded in the early rounds um, given that he sort of burst onto the scene but obviously went down with injury. Um, for me, I just think this is the year he's going to break out. Ken Hinkley's going to take him seriously, throw him in the midfield, see in the pre-season what he's capable of. Um, and I actually think he'll be the number... Uh, actually, I think I've got him at number three in my top six. Who have you got number two? Yeah. Who have I got at number two? Oh, we'll get to that after. Yeah, actually, but, um, we might hold yeah. off there and we'll do a top six prediction. Yeah, a bit premature, Briggs, but anyway. Maybe I'm giving a few hints at the top six. <laughs> but, um, in terms of Heaney and Dugowie, Heaney, I didn't like the role on the weekend. I know he kicked four, but it, it hid the fact that he was playing more up in the forward line. And all we heard about all preseason again was that he'd get more midfield minutes, but it didn't seem like that would be the case. So... Mm. Hearing clear for now, he is great value and he probably, well, I won't disclose yet whether he's in my top six, but um, I think that he'll go close. But just given his injury risks over the last few years and, and that role, 
um, not in my team for now. Um, and in, with Tagoe, was a big fan last year, jumped on board midway through the season. He did beautifully for me in the back half of the year. So that is, I am leaving him out with a heavy heart. Um, but again, just not too sure how Colin was going to travel early on in the season. Wouldn't mind just seeing how he goes. And there are a few value picks up all of this year. So yeah. Um, I to fit him in at this point in time, fortunately. All right. Well, let's hold you accountable like we've held ourselves accountable. Give us your top six. I'm very interested to see who you've got here at number two. Top six? You, you, you'll be interested to hear I've got at number two. I, I had this guy in um, when Supercoach opened, but look, I'm a bit concerned about his role early on in the season, but I think we'll be able to pick him up. Right when Toby Green returns, his name's Tim Taranto. Oh, big Timmy. As soon as Toby Green returns to that side, Timmy will get his spot back in the midfield. Um, he'll be ripe at about 460, 470k after he plays forward for the first six rounds of the season. And uh, it'll be one of my first upgrades probably. I reckon it'll be a no-brainer. And yeah. he'll average 100 for the season there on out and uh, finishes number two forward. Yeah, so that's quite interesting because uh, Harrow hasn't even got him in his top six. Yeah, that's probably a bold call from me, yeah, to be had, honest. Had him at number five myself. But, yeah, I can see after he moves into that midfield role, he'll start pumping out those scores that we want to see. But, yeah, just not for me at the start of the season. Yeah, definitely not a starter with that role. But I reckon he's going to um, bounce back and, and probably have plenty of energy come round seven uh, when he does move back into that midfield because he'll be resting forward a fair bit. And um, I think he's capable of an 85-90 average as, as a forward. Yeah. As it is. He's not the worst starting pick. I just think you're going to get him pretty quickly. All right. Well, you've gone fairly safe with your selections, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and get you to give us your best pod. Can be forward, can be back, can be middle. Hey, sorry, Briggs. I think Harrow's just cut you off mid top six. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I have have not. That's a bit disrespectful to the founder of our podcast, mate. We might edit that bit out, actually. Uh, okay, hang on. I'll get us back on track. All right. We've got Tirano at two. Who have we got at three? That is at three. Yep. And I'm going to have Dugowie at four. Obviously, um, like I said, I would have liked to have started him. Just can't squeeze him in at the moment, but he will uh, He will be an upgrade probably around the buys. Um, as long as he keeps that role that he did last year, I reckon he's a, he's a good chance to go close to 100 average. He's, he's very consistent and obviously playing in the midfield. Um, yeah, he's got he's got that role, which is, which is very nice. So um, Heaney at five. I do think he will get to. He, he's pretty. He's pretty much a lock for a ninety-five average if he doesn't have any injury interrupted games during the season. So we've got just too many injury concerns for me to start him. Um, but I don't think he's a bad starting pick. And then to round out the top six is uh, Dustin Martin, who is almost a top six lock every year. Yeah, it could go either way. Uh, uh, there's a smoky for my top six, and I know Todd, you want to hear my breakout um, contender at some stage as well. Yeah. There's a smoky for that that sixth position. I'm going to say that Colts could honestly sneak in there and do a Jack Siegel of last year. Right, um, sorry, can you please? Looks very solid in the preseason. Who was that, Briggsy? Stephen Cornelio. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, that that's is, fair. Yeah. Well, he's going to be a lock in pretty much everyone's side. So fair yeah, call. But if we're going call. for a pod, that, that is a smoky for top six. I think he probably will be a top six, to be honest. I don't know how we didn't actually include him in our top six. He's definitely yeah, going to be pushing. Really got to him yet. But if you're going for a pod, can be forward, can be in another line, putting you on the spot, who are you picking? I'll go, I'll go with, I, I'd like to say that, um, I'd like to say that this person's in my team right now and he's probably someone I would have gone after in years past. But I think Zach Bailey is the type that could explode this season. I know he hasn't shown much in the preseason, but if he gets the midfield minutes, and I think he might get more given that Zorko is getting towards the older side, uh, he's going to be a superstar and... He'll put two or three goals together every week with 20-plus touches, and he, he could comfortably average 95-plus for the season. Jeez. Um, in in your side at the moment? He's not in my side. Jeez. Oh, you disappointed us, Briggs. <laughs> I haven't seen enough scoring to make me confident enough to put him in, unlike someone like Zach Butters. Uh, but Bailey is, uh, yeah, definitely a prospect. Um, to look at and don't be surprised if he finishes top six forward. Just yeah, just another one, Briggsy. Um, me and Harrow had Duncan at number two, both on our list. I think you, you failed to mention him. Uh, any quick words on Duncan, or have you just forgotten about him? I I have thought about Duncan. Um, I don't. I, I've, from what I've heard, he's touch and go for round one. I don't know if there's been any more news on that. I, I've said to Harrow, sort of over message that uh, I don't think he's... I, I like to do my top six based on total points, and I think Duncan's going to miss too many games with the, the old man calf or the old man groin um, to justify picking him at the start of the season. I'd rather pick him as one of my final upgrades and um, bank on him just seeing out the final six to eight games. I just don't have the faith. Uh, he, obviously, he's going to play a very super coach-friendly role, as he always does, but... Not for me, Todd. Not for me. It's safer options out there. No, that is very fair yeah. enough. Well, thank you very much, Briggsy. Bit of wisdom from the founder of the podcast well, a, there. Yeah. Pleasure to have you on, Briggsy. I think you've um, got us back on track for this podcast. Yeah, I finished think well. No, Far. Uh, great to be back on. And, uh, yeah, good luck for the start of the season. Getting very close down. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Yes, big time. Definitely more likely to earn a repeat segment than the fortune teller, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, see you, Briggs. See you, Briggsy. Okay, that's pretty much us all done for today. Bit of a sloppy podcast. I don't think we fully regathered after the fortune teller segment, but that's okay. Stay tuned. Next episode will be Mid-Price Madness. We'll be doing a full deep dive into all of the mid-price options that you might be tossing out for your side, the berries, the rows, even the paddy crips I'm putting as a mid-pricer. Stay tuned for that. We'll drop that over the weekend and we will be chatting to you very, very soon. Yeah, just a quick reminder again about the um, join the group 654212, get involved there and compete against your uh, fellow 1%ers community. And also the socials are up and running on Facebook for 1%ers and on Twitter, centers underscore one. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you again in the next few days when we unleash the mid-prices.